0: Okay, today's um, scripture reading is from Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6. And the word of the Lord says, Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prison. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. All right, thank you, Megan. All right. Yeah, let me get this up. Let me get this up. Let me do this. All right, before uh, I begin my message, I'm going to do a, a little bit of leadership uh, business. Our church here in New Philadelphia at both campuses, we have... One leadership, and that leadership has uh, rank and order. So uh, we have adopted the military system for rank and order. And so there are certain leaders that are going to get promoted today. All right, so if I call out your name, please come forward. And I'm just going to pray some prayer to promote you. And a couple people, I need to anoint you with oil. All right. So first of all, uh, let me get Megan and Nydia to come forward, please. 빨리, 빨리. All right, so we did this also at Hillside. Uh, stand right here, please, in the front. All right, um, this is Megan and this is Lydia. Now, um, Megan, uh, just like Mijung Jung at Hillso- Hillside, uh, she, Megan is currently a fourth-level sergeant. And she'll be promoted to the fifth level staff sergeant, alright? She's uh, already been moving in a good measure of leadership and authority, and so we're just going to go ahead and promote her and recognize her in that authority she's moving in. And Lydia is a third level corporal, but she'll be moved up to fourth level sergeant. So be sure to call her sergeant Lydia Kim. Bra, I'm sorry. All right, I got the wrong Lydia. Okay, let me get the Lydia Kim. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so uh, Lydia is going to be going from Corporal Sergeant. All right, and then uh, after I pray for them, let me get Eunice and Cassandra. Uh, You guys be ready. Okay. Uh, Father, I just thank you for my sister Megan. I just thank you, Lord. I just promote her in leadership, O God, Lord. We just thank you for the faithfulness that she has been continually showing, O God, Lord. Not just before men, but before you, God. That she's been faithful, God, Lord, even when other people are not able to recognize it, Lord. She just really goes the extra mile. I just thank you, Lord, that you've been preparing her, that she's been growing and increasing in in skill and in understanding as a warrior, as an intercessor. And Father, I just bless her from the level of sergeant to staff sergeant. I pray for increased authority. I pray for more of your anointing to flow through her. And that she may speak the words of life as she disciples and mentors people in this house. Thank you Lord I bless Lydia And I just Promote her from the level of corporal To sergeant And I just pray that Lord That she would increase in her confidence O oh God Lord In her leadership Lord And that she would find herself O oh God Lord Moving out with greater boldness A greater authority to speak To, to uh, confront, correct, rebuke Where it's needed And that she would also continue To exhibit the love and comfort And, and heart and compassion Of the Father so we just thank you for Lydia's leadership in this house. We bless her. And we just uh, recognize her and honor both of them in your presence. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Alright, I will not allow a quiet crowd today. Alright, y'all are going to speak up. Alright, you guys take your seats. Okay, Cassandra and Eunice. Cassandra and Eunice may not be aware of this, but uh, uh, they're going to be, um, if with their consent, because uh, <coughs> I didn't get to call them in advance, so I'm going to ask them now. All right, Uh, you have been, um, you are about to be commissioned to active status. All right, you guys are reserve leaders. You just came on reserve leader. I know you've been a reserve leader for two days. Uh, But sometimes for some people, God puts them on the express train and uh, accelerated kind of promotion. All right, so Cassandra, uh, with your consent, Eunice, both of you, I'm going to commission you as active leaders at this church. All right. Very good. So, you guys will be coming in as corporals. Okay, for this, I anoint every active leader with oil. Okay, so let me just pray for you guys. Lord, with this oil, I anoint Eunice Co. And I just bless her to the level of active leadership here at our church. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've been preparing her. We thank you, God, for her role in the church plant team. Even before she had formally joined leadership with us. We thank you for her obedience. We thank you for her servant's heart. And Father God, right now, we just honor in your presence, God. And we just recognize that, God, that you have placed an anointing, uh, a maturity, a faithfulness on her. And and you desire to uh, have these things um, be used to disciple people here in this house, God. And I bless Eunice to do it. And I just thank you, Father, Lord. That she's going to rise up, oh God, Lord, with, with greater spiritual authority in her life. So I pray that, Lord, her past uh, leadership experiences, oh, God, Lord, uh, she would uh, honor that and feed off of that. But also, God, I pray that uh, none of her past experiences will, in any way limit what you're about to do. Because what you're about to do is so much bigger, creative, and uh, it's a new wine, oh, God. So just prepare her heart with new wine skins now. But with this oil, Anoint Cassandra. It's anoint Cassandra Robertson. Cassandra Robertson, I just bless her, anoint her to the level of active status here at our church, active leadership level. I just thank you that, Father God, that through Cassandra, that shackles are going to come loose. People are going to be set free from bondage. Freedom is going to indeed come for everyone. Pray you will bless her feet, the feet fitted with the gospel of peace. But also the feet that is to the enemy Like brass feet to trample upon all of his works. We thank you that through her prayers, through her faithfulness, God, that the enemy will be put under her feet. And every place that she places her feet, God, you will give her breakthrough, you will establish your kingdom, and you will shine light in darkness, God. So we bless her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Get some wet naps. All right, uh, so at Hillside we did that for Taje Han Tina Sole. So for the leadership, please recognize them. they are now active leaders and uh, G and Mina King were also promoted from corporal to sergeant. So keep those things in mind. All right. you might be asking what is all this formality about? All right. Well, it's something that the Lord put on my heart And I feel like as we've been stepping out in obedience The Lord's been giving me a lot of wisdom Of why He has established this For the leadership of our church I believe with the assignments and the calling That God has placed on this house The efficiency of having a rank and order The honor of having rank and order All of that will contribute to greater grace and wisdom And uh, efficiency in uh, doing the things that God assigns to our church all right. This is your first time to our church. We want to welcome you. <coughs> this is King Bar, but the people here is New Philadelphia Church. And so we want to welcome you to church. Uh, I know the ground is um, going a little crazy here, but uh, we are actually praying for a new building because uh, we're going to need to come. We need to get out of this place by the end of November. So if you guys work in real estate or you know a rich uncle or something like that, be sure to let us know because we're looking for a new worship facility. All right uh, We like the fact that though we like the fact that we fin- we started the church plant in a bar in, on Hooker Hill. We like that because it really exemplifies the heart that our church is uh, carrying to be a light to darkness. because how many of you guys know light belongs in the darkness, Amen? There's a lady named, um, there's a minister named Stacy Campbell. And one time she was at the supermarket with her daughter. And and, uh, her daughter uh, was buying a flashlight. And as they were checking out, Stacy Campbell's daughter yelled out, Hurry mom, check out fast so that I can go find some darkness and test out this light. Alright, and what Stacy Campbell's daughter was doing was very prophetic. Alright, because you know what? Light belongs in darkness. You know, after you get healed, after you come out of, uh, you get delivered from all the ways of the world, as you come out of that place and you get strong, you know, God doesn't call you to just stay in some, you know, monastery community and be introvert and keep to yourselves. All right. How many of you guys know that when the Lord builds you up, He builds you up so that you can be sent out? Amen? Amen. The light belongs in the darkness. So we like the fact that we start a church here. In King Bar on Hooker Hill. But we believe that even if we get kicked out of King Bar. And we go find a a nicer facility. With more room. With uh, some nicer space or whatnot, That doesn't mean that we can't carry that same heart. Amen? 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 Oh, you're going to give me some amens today. (laughs) I will not. Alright. I'm not going to travel all the way over here. Alright. After preaching over at Hillside. To come over here and have just quiet church. All Alright. We're going to be expressive. I know the introverts, you're not down with that. All right, but you know, just give me a little yelp or something. Give me a head nod. I'll take that as well. Welcome. Welcome, Brandon. God bless you, bro. All right. All right, today um, I'm going to be continuing a sermon series on the nine core values of our church. Today we are on number three. Uh, I'm going to just go quickly through the nine core values. One is be extravagant in worship. Second is freedom is for everyone. Third is father the fatherless. Fourth is the, uh, be faithful in the small things. Five is the only flows from the top down. Six is roll with the punches. Seven is supernatural is natural. Eighth is contempt for the kingdom. And last is dream big. Those are the nine core values of our church, and uh, we just started to release it, and uh, and so I'm starting to preach on it for the first time in the month of September. Okay, so we're on number three, and today's core value is Father the Fatherless. Everybody say that Father the Fatherless. Father the fatherless. <laughs> you know we live in what is arguably the most fatherless generation that has ever lived on the face of the earth. I was reading a Newsweek article from September 27th of this year and I read that the number of fatherless kids in America has nearly tripled since 1960. And some people estimate that there are 27 million kids growing up without fathers in America alone. Donald Miller quotes in his book Father Fiction and he, he says 94% Of people in prison are men. And out of that... 94% of men... 85% of those men... They grew up... In a home without a father. You know, for minorities that grow up... In drug and gang infested streets... This is how the fatherless epidemic... It manifests. Uh, Young boys who have no clue about masculinity... They have no idea what a real man is supposed to, how he's supposed to act, they get easily led astray by wrong role models who manipulate them to live a life of violence and crime. For people from affluent families, the fatherless issues, they manifest differently, but it is just as devastating. Some men, they turn to alcohol, sexual immorality, to smother the void left by their father's absence. Other people, they turn to suicide or They beat their girlfriends or wives in an effort to, you know, try to deal with the rage issues that they they don't know where the roots are from. Um, But, you know, men are not the only ones that suffer from the absence of a father. How many of you guys know women suffer too? And perhaps some people would argue that women suffer more. Donald Miller writes, I believe that something magical happens when a father tells his daughter she is beautiful. That she is a woman, that she has a reason to be respected and loved by a good man. If a woman does not get this message from her father, she will look for it from men who have less pure motives. Women tend to become victims when they grow up without fathers, men tend to become oppressors. There are many reasons today why children they grow up without fathers. Some are fatherless because their fathers die when they are really young. Others are fatherless because their fathers are not man enough to stay around when they find out about the pregnancy. Others, they are fatherless because their parents put them up for adoption immediately when they were born. Or they are literally abandoned on the streets. But many here in this room, probably you, you feel like you were fatherless or you grew up without a father is because of the high divorce rate. You know, some people, they have physical and financial presence from their fathers, but they feel fatherless because their fathers were actually there, but they weren't really there. They were physically and financially present, but they were emotionally and relationally absent. Now, a lot of Koreans will probably relate to that. Because in our Korean Confucian culture, you know, it's not it's not cool to it's not it's not acceptable, it's not the norm to be this loving, gentle, caring, expressive father. Um so let me just by show of hands. How many of you guys in here would say that in your maturation process that the presence of a loving father was absent while you're growing up? Right now. Oh, well, that's a lot more hands than a hillside. All right, we're gonna put your hands down. <clears throat> now a hillside. I don't know why the people are being shy. I know they were lying. Okay, only about eight people raised their hands. I was about like, you, man. what talk about you. Got father issues, please. You don't trick me. All right. I like it here. You guys are more real here. All right. Keep it real. Be honest. All right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us here. You know. We had a fatherless experience. And you know what? If you had a loving father growing up, well, God bless you. I'd encourage you to honor and respect your father. Whether they're Christian or not, honor them for being in your life. For speaking into you and and speaking blessings over you. Be sure to honor them. But for those that did not get this experience, I am here today... To speak the words of hope. How many guys want to hear the words of hope today? Say Amen. Amen. You know, when God created the family, He created the family to be interdependent and intimate with each other. It was His design. The family was where a newborn baby would be cared for, protected and nurtured. The family was where young children could discover their gifts without the fear of failure. The family was where courtesy and manners would be taught and social skills developed. Hallelujah. The context of family. And in establishing the family, God set the mother and the father in positions of leadership and responsibility. And then God put, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.23, He set the husband as the head of the wife. Brothers, say amen. amen. Oh wow. We need some brothers to rise up to, to own that. All right, brothers. When you get married, God has set you as head over the wife. It's not to rule over her, but it's for you to exercise proper authority that God entrusts to you. So, you know, if you think about it, the father, the member of the family that has the greatest weight of responsibility on his shoulders is the father. And with that assignment comes this great potential to to bless the members of the family. If you study uh, the Bible, uh, there's power in Isaac's spoken blessing over Jacob. Later on, when Jacob grows up, he has all these sons, he speaks blessings over them. And it really defines... Uh, It really causes them to see themselves in a certain identity. It causes them to look forward to certain things. That's the power of a father to bless. But you see, with the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, there, there was introduced into the role of the father two dangers. Number one, the father, because of the fall, the father can now abuse his authority. Or number two, the father can abandon his authority. If a father sexually molests his daughter, that is an abuse of authority. If a father is out getting drunk on the weekends or sexing it up with some mistress, that's a father that is abandoning his authority. Many fathers, even Christian fathers, they seriously underestimate the power and authority that they have to wound their wives and their children. See, they just think that, you know, it's for them, it's just their own prerogative, it's just the choice I made, I just have the hots for this one girl. You know, what, what, what's the damage if nobody finds out? You know, and what's the damage if, you know, the wife finds out but, you know, the children don't find out, you know? And, and the men, they, they really underestimate the power they have, not only to bless, but they also underestimate the power that they have to wound their family members. And the reason why they have such enormous power is because God gave them that authority by design. And men need to rise up and, and face the facts, face the truth. You have positions of authority when you are in a family. You have the responsibility to act with character. You have the responsibility to display love. You have the responsibility to make decisions. And if you're wrong, then you take the, brunt of those, you take the responsibility for those wrong decisions. But you know what? The man needs to make those decisions. After he hears the good counsel of his wife, of course. But at the end, even if the wife disagrees, if the man feels like this is from, from the Lord, then the man better make those decisions and take responsibility for them. <coughs> the reason why a fatherless child gets so damaged by a bad father or an absent father is because God has designed the father role to be key in the flow of a child's development, blessings, joys, and maturity. If Satan can remove the father from a child's life, that child will not only be robbed of the joys of life, but that child's development will be stunted and that child made vulnerable to false identities and to wickedness. It's an effective strategy, I admit, to put multitudes of people in their bondage. You guys ever watch the TV show Heroes? In the TV show Heroes, there is a gentleman named Siler. And he's a serial killer. So he has all these crazy powers and he can use your finger and just point at your forehead. And then and then he can slice your forehead open. It was on TV, but man, it was mad bloody. I will not let my children watch Heroes. It was mad bloody. Anyway, <coughs> Siler will go around and he's a serial killer because he will target only people with powers. So what he will do is slice their head open, open up their head, and then he'll take their gift and he'll be able to inherit their gift. But if you really watch the show, Siler, the reason why he behaves the way he does is because he's a fatherless child. He's got father issues. And what the producers of the show are doing is they're using fiction to explore some of the themes that they see going on in society. What drives the mind of real serial killers that are out there? What drives the mind and heart of violent men, repeat offenders? And many times it is fatherlessness that is eating them away. This is why Satan's strategy against mankind has involved targeting the family. Even from the Garden of Eden, Satan has been relentless in going after the family. <clears throat> Satan loves adultery. You know why? Because when a man commits adultery, it's not just a sexual sin that can be vacuumed up and contained. When a man commits adultery, there is a disconnect of intimacy with his wife and with his children. And it is only a matter of time before adultery becomes divorce. So what what Satan's real agenda is, Behind you getting to lust after a girl with your eyes and that's why Jesus said if a man even lusts in his heart for a girl he's guilty of adultery in her heart in his heart why was why was Jesus why was Jesus teaching in that way it's because if Satan can get those lustful thoughts planted in your head for your for 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 some neighbor's wife or some For some single girl that that, that you know you, you shouldn't be spending time alone with, all this stuff. You can get it in your head and that seed grows eventually and you act upon those thoughts and lusts. Satan knows that eventually he can break up your family. He can destroy your family. And you know what? God makes it real clear. He says, you know what? He says, I hate divorce. Satan says, ah, oh, come on, there's nothing wrong with just paramsio, you know, to go and meet some people, you know. You know this, is your, this is your right. It's just to, you know, you know, get your sexual needs met in other places other than just your wife. You know, all this stuff. And he deceives us, he deceives men. But God says, I hate divorce. God does not leave any room in our minds to think that. In any, any any way, divorce is okay. Because you know why? Divorce breaks up the family. What God has joined together, the Bible says, let man not separate. You know, we as a people of God, we got to wise up and start disallowing Satan from trespassing on our families. Now, you know, everybody in here who grew up, you feel like you're, you, you had a fatherless experience. To be fair, not everybody who grew up without a father is messed up, insecure, and has emotional instability. Amen? I I hope not. Uh, To be fair, not everybody ends up that way. But, nevertheless, the connection is very real between the fatherless experience and with all these insecurities and fears and, and negative patterns of thinking and behavior. Now, if you grew up without a loving father and you want to take steps toward wholeness, all right, I, one thing that I want to encourage you today to do is you got to go back and you got to start with one statement. Let me look at the clock here. You got to start from the place where you say, I needed a father. It doesn't matter if you made it. Oh, I made it. I don't need a father, okay? That's a lie of the enemy. If you want to truly start experiencing healing for the orphan spirit, the the fatherless experience you received, you got to start at the place where you say, I needed a father. Your father's absence, it hurt you. It damaged you. And if you're not going to be real with it, let me be real for you. Your father's absence, it it hurts you. You know, we got to be honest with ourselves. (coughs) God is the one who created you to have a desire and to have a need for a father. It was God's design. So if your father failed to meet that need, that was his failure. That was his fault. I'm all about showing grace to our fathers who may have failed us. But you can't extend that grace until you first call it for what it is. He acted selfishly. He acted wickedly. My father hurt me. My father abandoned me. My father abused me. And We got to be real about what our experiences were. It's once you face up to the damage. It is only then that you are ready to take the next step, which is to forgive your father from your heart. You can't forgive somebody of something that you're not really sure of. You're not really confronting. You can't forgive somebody of something that you have suppressed in your memories long time ago. You got to be real. You've got to have the courage to face the pain. To face the hurt. It's only then that you're ready to forgive somebody. You may have already forgiven your father. But the deeper the revelation goes about the damage he's done to you, the deeper the forgiveness goes. In fact, some of you may find yourself forgiving your father all over again. And I'm here to say that's normal. It's not that you're, you know, you're a bad Christian and you can't seem to forgive, right? Okay? It's just normal. The deeper, you know, God in His grace, He doesn't like show you all the damage your father did over a lifetime. He doesn't show it to you in one week. And says, hey, you got to deal with it. There you go. Now forgive your father. God doesn't do that. God meets you where you're at. And He just might just show you just a little bit. The incident. Where you came in all happy about something and your dad just cut you off. Your dad didn't even acknowledge you. And it just reminds you of those incidents and being healing to those memories. And you start to forgive your father over the, these little different things. And, and it comes in these ways where you begin to really forgive your father for the things that he's done or not done in your life. <coughs> you know, people, a lot of people, they want to skip this step because of the pain. But like I said earlier, you can't forgive someone for something that you haven't completely confronted. Many of you may feel that you don't need to forgive your father. But the only reason you don't feel like you need to forgive your father is because you haven't confronted the damage he's done to you. And this is where healing and deliverance ministry helps. When you appear before a a group of trusted leaders... And our church, we have a healing deliverance ministry. And if you got all kinds of issues, you've been abused, you've been abandoned, or you did some stuff that put you in a, a, a lot of mess, and you want out, and you want freedom, and you believe freedom is for everyone, then you can come get some healing deliverance ministry from our church. And last weekend, like I shared, our leaderships, our people who joined leadership with our church, they got a healing, like a mini healing deliverance session at the retreat, and, and, and it was wonderful. There were so many wonderful testimonies from the retreat. And this is where Healing Deliverance Ministry helps. Because a lot of times we, we're not, we don't want to sit down and confront all that stuff. But when, we, when we're in the presence of the Holy Spirit and when we're in the presence of trusted leaders, they lovingly and gently start to pull that stuff out, then you can start to deal with it and apply the Word of God to it and start to take your steps to forgive. Some of you, you're very angry with your father. You know exactly what he did wrong. But you don't want to forgive him. And for those people, I would like to encourage you. If you want to be released fully from the hurts that your father has caused, you have to fully release him from the failures that you hold him responsible for. In other words, your healing is connected with your forgiveness of your father. Your healing is connected with your forgiveness of your father, your mother, or whoever it was. Now, after you forgive someone, it's wise to also confront any negative or dysfunctional patterns that you picked up over the years. Where you were reacting to your hurts or you were overcompensating for your father's absence. Any patterns you picked up over the years, they need to go. So you need to start to renounce, You identify and then renounce them. And then start establishing biblical patterns. Healthy spiritual patterns in your life. You know, know, let me tell you for real right now. You know, so many young people in this fatherless generation, this is how they deal with church. And this is a negative pattern that they picked up over the years. But you know what? So very few young people are willing to confront it. And that's church hopping. So many young people... They've been wounded by their family members. They've been wounded by their fathers. They've been abandoned by their fathers. So they're so hurt that they're not willing to allow anyone to get close to them because if they get close to them, then there's also the danger of being hurt again. So people put up walls. They put up masks. And they don't really let people in into the intimate parts of their life. And this is the way they also deal with church. They go to church. And and and, and as long as you don't really like you know talk to them too too deep, they're happy coming out to church. You know, hey, how are you? Hey, Zach, how you doing, bro? And Zach's like, yeah, I love this church. But the moment I say, Zach, hey man, tell me your story. What's going on, man? What happened with your family? What 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 is this about your, your your parents? What? Tell me tell me a little bit more. And when Zach has to open up. When Zach has to go into the deep issues of his family. That's when Zach said like, man, I don't like this church no more. I need to peace out. Just church hopping. Hopping around, hopping around. Like a little bunny believer. But you know what? You ain't growing at all. God's not able to speak into your life because you got pride and rebellion surrounding you along with that wall. Man, young people, they need to break out of these negative patterns. Stop overcompensating. Stop, reacting your, stop living your life as a reaction to your past hurts. God doesn't want you to live that way. The Bible doesn't say, the righteous shall live in reaction to past hurts. The Bible says, the, the righteous shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Faith in God's character, in God himself, and faith in his word. And you know what? Some people, they make this vow. And they, they despise their father or their mother so badly that they, they say things like, man, I'll never be like my father. And they despise him. And they think that that is the one way to keep themselves from falling into the same patterns that they saw in their father is to always say, I will never be like him. But you know what? Let me tell you right now. That is a stupid strategy. let me spit the let me spit the truth right here. You become that which you behold, so if all you're doing is you keep on beholding all the negative things your father ever did just in order to avoid being coming like him all right the The irony is the more you despise it, the more you look at it and despise it and look down on it, the more you become like him. The better strategy is you behold the face of God the Father. You you admire and honor people that have exhibited or manifested the heart of the Father to you in your life. When you do that, that's when you become that which you behold. That's when you don't become like the Father that you despise so much. Now, Uh, no matter what your experience has been with your earthly father, the good news is God has sent His Son to die on the cross so that the way can be open for every one of us to have a relationship with a perfect Father. This is very good news. When you become a Christian, God sends His Spirit into your body, into your heart, into your body. And God's Spirit testifies you are a child of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God will be called sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. For you to even have the bonus to call God the creator of the universe, Abba, Father. You get that bonus from the presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's like, hey, it's okay. Just go ahead. You can call God Father. I don't know, man. He's he's, like, he's the creator of the universe. No. He's your father. The whole that's his ministry. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to continually affirm to us. it's like it's like Stuart Smalley. You guys remember SNL? Oh man, am I nobody understood that just now. About half the people at Hillside got it. Anyway, <coughs> in Saturday Night Live, there was a um, sketch that one uh, actor used to do. And he'll appear before a mirror and it'll be like daily affirmations with Stuart Smalley. <laughs> and he'll say like, I am good looking. People like me. And it will just be like these uh, self-help minds and stuff. And, but uh, it, w- it, was a, it was a very funny sketch. Anyway, the Holy Spirit, he's there kind of like Stuart Smalley, but, you know, a lot more mushy, so a lot more cooler than Stuart Smalley. He's there to affirm continually your identity in Christ. That you're not an orphan. You're a son. You're not abandoned. You've been received and accepted. The Bible says the Spirit of God testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. If you're... If you're a Christian, you're a child of God. Say, I have a perfect and loving father, everybody. I have a perfect and loving father. If you're not a Christian, the Lord is calling you today to put behind your painful fatherless experiences and enter into a living relationship with a perfect father. You know, Korean, Confucian culture perpetuates the orphan spirit. It's just my own humble opinion. Islam does not see God as a loving father. Doesn't even allow it for that kind of intimacy. Islam also perpetuates the fatherless generation. And if you really look at the religions of the world, Christianity is the only place where you are invited into an intimate relationship with God as your Father. Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who are in heaven. You know, If you're covered by the blood of Christ, then make no mistake about it, God is your Father. And the Bible t- tells us in Psalm 68, we read it earlier, God is father to the fatherless. Hallelujah. That is who God is. He's a father to the fatherless. But the Bible says the rebellious dwell in a parched land. The rebellious dwell in the desert. Now, I don't know about you. But I don't want to be doing circles in the desert. I don't want to be all dried up in some parched land. But you know what? If you follow a spirit of independence, you, you follow that spirit of pride and rebellion, and you continue to refuse to let people speak into your life, and you say, man, I don't need that. All I need is just me and God. Is just me and God. Me, God, and my best friend or something. My dog or something. If that's the way you want to live, you can live that way. But look, that's the life of the desert. That's the way of the desert. God is inviting us into a love relationship with Him as a father. Even if you grew up without a father and a mother, if there's anyone in here that that has that kind of experience, even then, Psalm 27 says, even if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me in. He is the father to the fatherless. And you know what? I know, I know a friend, his name is Pastor Dell. And this was his experience. He grew up without a father or a mother. And you know what, man? He, he had a long, hard life. <coughs> he, was in, he was in the atmosphere of a church. But you know what he, what he was doing in his teenage years? He was drugged up and he was working as a homosexual prostitute. And eventually, Dell discovered through a mentor, Dell discovered that God is his father. And he began to experience that love through this mentor. He experienced the father's love through this mentor. And eventually, he got healed, delivered, and brought out of that place. There's a, a movie called Antoine Fisher. My wife and I watched it while we were on vacation in Phuket, Thailand. It's Denzel Washington's directorial debut. It was a wonderful, excellent movie. It's called Antoine Fisher. It's based on a true story. If you want to watch a good movie, watch Antoine Fisher. (coughs) But this true story involves a child that grew up without a father or mother. And if that wasn't worse enough, he gets placed in a foster home, or he's abused. He's verbally, emotionally abused. He's sexually abused. And then in the in the in the movie, Denzel Washington, he plays a mentor in the military, that a psychiatrist that kind of mentors Antoine Fisher out of his darkness, out of his hurts, out of his wounds, by playing by being a father figure to him. <clears throat> and you know. I shared this at Hillside. Denzel Washington, you know what the best kept secret is? He is a spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christian. If you don't believe me, well, you don't have to believe me. Okay. Uh, He actually believes that uh, he has a call in his life to preach. And he always thought traditionally of a preacher preaching behind a pulpit. But when he was a younger gentleman, some lady prophesied over him. That he would he would start to make movies and all the movies that he touches would become million dollar hits and that he would he would just minister through the movies. And so, man, I, I really applaud him for fulfilling the call that God placed on his life by doing it outside the box, by by not just following the conformity and the trends and the and whatever man says. Denzel's out there. You know what? <coughs> you might be like Denzel's not a Christian. He won a Academy Award by being a, a a bad guy in Training Day, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. He used the f word. He used you know the the you know dropping you know all this obscenity. He can't be a Christian. Look in your religious w- world, in your religious spirit-dominated mindset, in your let me say, let me be nice. Okay, I won't say that. Um, where everything is black and white to you because everything is about rules and don'ts. Well, in the kingdom of God. Alright? God does a lot of things where He colors outside the lines. I don't know if you ever noticed. God doesn't have a box. God is very creative because He's a creator. He does what He pleases. And if He wants His light to shine. He's going to make it shine. Even in the most unconventional places and unconventional ways. But anyway, I mean, that's getting back to the message. <coughs> Anyway, Antoine Fisher was an example of a man that didn't have a mother or father. But here through a father figure in his life, God brought restoration and healing to his soul. Brothers and sisters, no matter how dysfunctional or broken your family was, there is Good news in Jesus Christ of healing, wholeness, and restoration. I am your lead pastor, but you know what? I come from a dysfunctional home. My dad used to go out drinking all the time, coming home at two or three in the morning. When he come home and my mom was up and she wanted to confront him, he'd be throwing light bulbs, he'd be throwing lamps, he'd be breaking furniture. I, as your lead pastor, I had a broken home. My parents were divorced. But you know what? What I discovered from an early age is, God is my father. And even where my earthly father fails and he's absent, God is ever-present and he speaks into my life. Through various teachers, through various youth pastors, through various campus crusade leaders, God has spoken into my life. Through brother Michael, my mentor. God has spoken into my life. And he has healed me from my from this orphan spirit. That otherwise I will be living uh, in, in, under and, and, impression too, and oppression too. And, and there's hope. <clears throat> no matter how broken or dysfunctional your family background is. You can be a father to the fathers. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him that man. It's getting dead in here. Tell them, you can be a father to the fatherless. <laughs> What's wrong with y'all, man? Y'all are very unexcited today. I'm going to get up on here and do, some, do a dance. I'm just kidding. i preach the word. Um, what people will realize is, When you get close to God as your father, you will realize that the call to be with the father is connected with the call to become a father. Every single one of you in here, the more you grow in your relationship and intimacy with God, the more you will realize that God is also calling you to be a father to the fatherless. what a fatherless generation needs in order to be healed from an orphan spirit is love. What they need to fulfill their destiny is a relationship with someone who believes in them. What they need to come to full maturity is somebody that is there to affirm, challenge, correct, rebuke, all that. They need fathers. <coughs> and this is an apostolic dimension of the church that God is restoring at this hour. The Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. He says, Though you have countless guys in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. <coughs> you can see clearly that the Apostle Paul, the way that he saw himself, was not just as a servant, was not just as a friend, was not just as a preacher and pastor. <coughs> Excuse me. He saw himself as a father to the Corinthian church. And then later on, how <coughs> oh, devil, I rebuke you. <coughs> in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, he says, You know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of God. You'll notice that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul says, We... Just like a father to his children, we exhorted you, we charged you, we encouraged you. Why are saying we? Why? Because the apostolic calling, the anointing, it not only sees the office of apostle as a position of fatherhood, but apostles also raise up other leaders with the heart of a father. That's why he says we, the leaders that he had trained, he had trained them to manifest the heart of a father. But you know what? You know what's going on? You know what's going on in our seminaries? You know what's going on among the among the people that apply for pastoral positions? They don't have the heart of a father. They have the mindset of a, of a professional, of a person that applying for a job or some career. Or we have people that are they're just, just brainiacs in the Bible. They, they're scholars in the Bible. And they have, they have the word of God here in their heads, but they don't have the heart of a father. What we need are not leaders with leadership positions and labels. What we need are leaders with the heart of a father. The heart and investment of fathers. That's what's, gonna, that's what's required at this hour to bring true transformation and growth to the church. I was talking with Pastor Dell over Skype this past week. And he said there's three relationships that we should always seek to have in our lives. One is a father who mentors you. Two is a brother who walks alongside of you. And three is a son that you take under his wing. So in my life right now, well, right now, <coughs> I don't have like a really strong Father figure that I really submit to and look up to for mentoring, but I'm in the process of establishing that relationship right now because God's put that on my heart. Okay, God's like, look, you're not 85 years old; you got people you can look up to. All right, and so I've been, I've been, I've been looking and search, soul searching, and I found somebody, and I'll, I'll announce it when that gets formalized. And then, and then, secondly, I got brothers that walk along alongside me. All right, Pastor Paul over at Burning Lamp. Alex at Jubilee, John Michael here with you guys at one, These are like brothers walking alongside me. And then third, I got sons under my wing. And whether Marcus likes it or not, wants to acknowledge it or not, or whether he tries to go under somebody else's wing, my wing will follow you around wherever you go, my brother. Because I have been called to love on this guy. And I, I, I admit, I man, I'm not—I I'm not, know I'm not all that great at it. I'm still—I'm still growing. I'll be real, but I, I'm here to father this fatherless one, a fatherless one, fathering a fatherless one. Who knew? But that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he's a son that I—I—I have I, I, I have a invest, I've invested in him. When I look at Marcus, if he if he decided next week, I'm just gonna leave Korea. I'm gonna leave New Philadelphia Church. I will say, over my dead body, you will. (laughs) You know how much I've invested in you, brother, son. All right, because that's the dynamic of our relationship. Now I want you to ask yourself: Do you have these kinds of three relationships in your life at this hour? And if not, don't feel guilty about it. Just ask the Lord. Lord, open up divine appointments. Open up new friendships. Open up new relationships. So that there can be a father, a mentor that I can look up to. There could be brothers that walk alongside me. And there can be sons that I adopt. And I just, whether I do it formally as in a small group or I do it informally through just meeting them once a week or once every other week. Somebody you're taking under your wing. There's, uh, no, no, I'm not going to mention that. It's cute. It was a cute movie by Owen Wilson. Anyway, all right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was a distraction. <laughs> all right. Uh, and I'm going to just call, close with this. Uh, the call to father the fatherless is not limited to the boundaries of the local church. Of the local church. All right, the call to father the fatherless needs to go outside these walls. There are fatherless people not only here in the church. They're out there in the lost and broken world. They're out there in the corporate America. They're out there in politics and law. They're out there in the education system. There are the fatherless in the entertainment industry. And Pastor Benjamin Robinson, he said it like this. He says, there is no one better qualified to disciple those CEOs, the politicians... The entertainers of our generation than the disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself that way. But you got to you got to get into your destiny and identity. You gotta to say to yourself, you know what? Bill Gates. I can I, I'm supposed to father you, brother. I'm supposed to tell you something. I'm supposed to disciple you. Or maybe not Bill Gates, he's kinda of old. You guys are young. How about how about like Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook CEO. Brother, man, I don't know what kind of decisions you're making. You make some poor decisions on the Facebook changes. You need somebody to disciple you, brother. And you know what? That's what I got going on right here. I'm supposed to disciple nations. That's my destiny. That's my calling. I'm supposed to father the fatherless. Whether you do it with a Christian or you do it with with someone that is lost. All right? We are called to be a father to the fatherless. So brothers and sisters, this is the third of our core nine core values, and it's a very important one. You know, when we see the church rising up in their identity as fathers, we will see a drop in the rate of suicide in this nation. We will see less abortions in America. We will see less minority men incarcerated. We will see alcohol and drug abuse dropping. You know, if you look at the news and all these Mexican drug cartels are killing each other, killing all the government officials, killing everybody. Such a bloodbath down there. And you're like, well, what's wrong with these Mexican drug cartels? What what about this? What's wrong with the young fatherless generation that's consuming all the drugs? kill the demand and you won't have a drug problem in Mexico. It's only when you get to the root of the issue. You start healing people from that orphan spirit. You start speaking life into their hearts and lives. You won't, you, you will see a dramatic drop in the demand for drugs in America. Praise the Lord. There's a fatherless generation out there desperate for your love. And as a church, we want this to be something we live out over our lifetimes. As long as we have breath, may we always take it upon ourselves to father the fatherless. Let's pray. Now I understand that in here, not everybody is ready to father the fatherless. There are many people in here that may be so wounded and hurt and you need to go through that process of confronting the damage, of forgiving your father, breaking negative patterns. You got to do that. Because if you try to father somebody right now, you just mess them up as much as they're messed up. And for such people, I want to continue to speak the words of hope. In Christ Jesus, you can become a new creation. In fact, Before you have even experienced that God already declares you as a new creation in Christ. And so right now I'm just going to say a short prayer of blessing and it's going to be an apostolic decree that's going to bring breakthrough in your life. Don't underestimate the power of a father. I'm I'm the father of here of this house. And the words I'm about to speak they're going to bring breakthrough in your life. So right now with every eye closed, if you know that you've been going from place to place, relationship to relationship, and you see the effect of your fatherless experience, the damage that is done to you, and you need healing from that orphan spirit, I want you to slip up your right hand and I'm going to include you in this prayer, and this decree that I'm about to make. You want to be healed from the orphan spirit. Thank you, Jesus. All right, keep your hands on. Just pray for you right now. Lord God, I pray right now for these eight, nine people. Ten. Lord, I pray for these ten people, Lord, right now. And I just decree and declare that all the hurt, all the damage, all the abandonment, That they have experienced because of the absence or abuse of their fathers, earthly fathers or mothers. Pray that all those damages and all those effects will be broken off their lives at this season. At this hour of their life. That there will come a breakthrough and a turning point. In which they will be fully healed from the orphan spirit. I pray for them. I bless them right now. I speak the words of blessing over them. I decree and declare freedom. I decree and declare life. I decree and declare hope. And I thank you that God, that you, would, you will do it and you will do it quickly, God. You will accelerate the process in which they are healed, in which they are built up, which they are broken free from negative patterns of thinking and behavior. And I thank you that you will establish them in the church. As loving, spirit-filled fathers, I just bless them, Lord, fill them with Your Spirit. I send that out right now. Thank you so much. Are you guys to put your hands down? Father, I pray for everybody in here, Lord. I just decree that they are to manifest Your heart. And it says in Psalm sixty-eight that You are a father. To the fatherless. And I pray that as your people God. That we will manifest that heart to a lost world God. How will they know that your love is real? How will they know that you are even a living God? Unless they see. Unless they see that love being real and being lived out. In the lives of your people God. So father Lord form us, shape us, raise us up to be father a father to the fatherless. I thank you, Lord. May no one in this room disqualify themselves because of their past experiences. May no one in their, in this room disqualify themselves in any way. But I just declare, declare every single one in here that they will rise up to be a father to the fatherless. Thanks, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.